When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It takes a lot of hard work to make it look easy. This Mother's Day, Duluth Trading Co. can help you give her something that keeps up. Whether you prefer to shop online or in-store, Duluth has a motherload of gear, goods, and gifts to keep her comfortable and capable, no matter what needs doing. With Duluth's problem-solving details and legendary durability to boot, you'll finally be mom's favorite again. Check out DuluthTrading.com for all your Mother's Day gifting needs. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Very good. Very good. Very good from Isla Kleins. I'm very impressed with that. Very, very efficient. Job done. No messing. That's how we like it. Um, throughout lockdown, Isla, our two-year-old, has developed a deep and unwavering affection for garden gnomes. Started off with one, as I thought it was quite funny and she liked it. We now have four. They're all called Mr. Nomi, even the female one. She needs to say goodnight to them all and as they're not designed for two-year-olds, keep smashing them, meaning I'm frequently spend nap time Super gluing them back together at Gnome Hospital. Oh no, no! You've you've set yourself up for a fail there, Gnome <laughs> Hospital. Don't you know like feeders? You know these people that get to forty stone. Yeah, they're just like feeders. You're feeding the gnome addiction with Gnome Hospital. You're creating more problems. Wait for it, mate. You're only halfway. Best of all, oh, she's not hired out the Excel, has she? <laughs> she? She loves to pretend to breastfeed them, and I have no idea. It's completely fucking weird to have two tiny men attached to her nipples. Wow, I mean, what a what are these two all right? It's, it's, it's a hell of an image, isn't it? Oh, gnome hospital as well. <laughs> oh dear, what are you in for? <laughs> Broken out again. No, I just look. I, I just sat down with no clothes on. The fishing rod went up my ass. It, there's nothing more sinister than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. I, the thing is, though, gnomes. Kids love gnomes, but they are, I'd say, the most breakable thing yeah. for a child to have. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I've had a number of things that have just broken that I think I should fix, and I just never do because the kids forget. 
eventually. Oh, so what have you got to fix? Oh, like they keep pulling the heads off these little like Disney princess figure things. Oh. And like, because they just break over through, they're not like, it's not like a weird, like that Sid kid from Toy Story, just ripping Ooh. the heads off and burning them. It just, they just fall off. And um, I, I, I just don't bother. I just can't bother. I just I get glue out. I'm not very good at fixing stuff. Like you, you're not very a handy man, are you? I've got more handy. They're not, don't, don't call <laughs> the press. <laughs> More handsy. I've been whistling at women, actually. <laughs> little cat on their ass in the shops. Why not? Sorry, what was the question? I don't know what that was in. <laughs> you become more handy in lockdown. Uh, no, no, no. Since becoming a parent, I've really like lent oh. into my role. So I've like really? the other day, the the kitchen door. I mean, this is this is such a pathetic achievement. But throughout in my head, I'm just like, look at you, you're just doing this like like a normal bloke. Yeah, but one of the cupboard doors came loose, the hinge. Mm-hmm. I just got a screwdriver, screwed it back in, oh. tightened it up, just as as like like it was the most normal thing, you know. Like I was just like, yeah, I could do that, and I did it. You want you sort of want like a like a guard of honor clap after, don't yeah. you? That's because I'm used. To, I can't do anything. I have to get a bloke round to hang pictures. I can't. I didn't yeah. even know what a raw plug was till about a week ago. That you have to drill an hole, put a little plastic thing in. I, I don't. My, my dad. My dad's awful at DIY. Yeah. And you know, if he'll get the ump with me saying that, but can I can I give you a story about him doing DIY? Go on. He's a. He was a black cab driver. He's retired now. But he used to go work about like one, two in the afternoon. So he'd normally get up a bit late because then he worked late, right? So anyway, I left for school. He was up early. Weirdly, he was like, no, I've got, I've got to put up this hook for the bathroom blind to, to tie it round, right? It was eight in the morning as I left for school, right? I came home at half three, so he should be at work by now. And I, as I walked into the house, I heard him say, oh, fuck you, you little... C-, and then the bad word. Yeah. And he was still trying to put this hook in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then since then, he's always been so angry and aggressive when he's ever done anything. I've sort of... You know, I had a whole routine about when he tripped and spilt varnish in the house. Yeah. And he screamed at the floor, oh, you bollocky cunt. <laughs> And I was like eight or nine here listening <laughs> to this. And then he said, this, this is basically an old joke now, but it's still quite funny. I, I was laughing at him, obviously, as you would, when someone was that angry screaming at a carpet, mm. that he went, keep laughing, I'll fucking varnish you in a minute. <laughs> as if he was just going to paint me. Um, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not great at it, but I do like every time. I've, I've got plans this weekend, Well, because we're recording this on Friday, I'll have already done this, so... You know, I might I might have died by this point when I really what, what what's the plan? Uh, we're emptying the shed, and so I've got some I've got some um, shelves coming from IKEA that we're putting nice. so tidying up the shed. Uh, because, have you got uh, Have you got an electric drill? No, I, I haven't got an electric drill. That would scare me. So yeah, I've been like that for years. I bought one from Bosch. It was about twenty quid. Yeah, and I've always thought that's not my game. I'm not a drill man. Give me a microphone, a load of people. I'll do that job, but I'm not a, I'm not a drill guy. I haven't got tools, yeah? yeah? Anyway, I bought one, just a little one, and I put up an Ikea set of drawers in about six minutes. Wow. And I didn't have wrist ache. Because, <laughs> you know, you're just turning it, just turning it with a screwdriver. It's basically a screwdriver, but well far. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose with an Ikea set of drawers... I, you're not worried about hitting a wire, but that would just be my worry. Yes, is that obviously course. I'm going to hit a wire. Yeah, that yeah, I, I, I would never go in to a wall bareback with a drill. No, going bareback's what got you into this problem in the first place, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
Alex should have had a raw plug on. <laughs> Do you know what I've realised? I've got to the point where I've realised it's better if I just spend the time I would of putting up the pictures, doing some work that will pay for someone else to put up the pictures. That's a great idea, Josh. But I don't know if you're aware of the current crisis the arts and the theatre industry is in. <laughs> so I think we're going to have to start learning quick. Shit. Shit. <laughs> Because you can't use that argument. So it's, you know what? It's better off to hire someone and it's their profession and they can do a good job and I'll go out and do my job. But we haven't got a job to go and do, Josh. No. Have we? I was going to say something else that I can't. We're not talking about kids, are we? We're not talking about How kids. How have your kids right, been? I'll tell you about what's happened. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I might be, we could save this one for Friday. Okay. Well, I could talk, Trail I'll talk to you about. Basically, it's quite a big week this week because um, our eldest is starting primary school in September. So this week we've had... Three major events. One um, on Saturday, she um, is going. We've recorded this on Friday due to a uh, family retirement party that is happening. Anyway, let's don't bog down in my details. Anyway, this week we've had school uniform being bought and tried Ooh. on, a um, meet the parents induction type oh, thing. Yeah. Because basically they can't do the inductions at the school. Normally they'd invite, you know, invite yeah. them in. And also like they was doing this thing where all the kids dial into a Zoom call and the kids get read a book. And it's, I mean, like trying to manage, you know, 20 people, adults oh. on a Zoom call. Imagine children with their adults all on mute, not on mute. Like also parent dick swinging at them. Do you know what I mean? Because it all happens, did not it, at the school gates? We had a... Zoom call right at the start of lockdown. Our nursery decided to do a Zoom call for uh, for her class for Chestnut, and it was basically so Chestnut are what two to three year olds on a Zoom call. None of them paying any attention, so it's just all the parents really sat yeah. there, awkwardly worried about how they look, what their backgrounds like. Yeah, oh, you're desperately, you're desperately searching the backgrounds of the yeah. parents you, you know, that you've you've got oh, issues with. Also, weirdly, my daughter for some reason has picked up a Jay, Mansfield Park book. Who wrote that? Is it Jane Austen? Yeah. Anyway, she bought a selection of these books, right? And they're like proper books. Mansfield Park's a proper like you read that when you're like 15, but right? She's just been taking it around with her. Like some sort of like like mic drop, like she's <laughs> reading Mansfield Park at four, and then she went, "I want to hold this book for reading club," and I was like, "I can't open the Zoom call. <laughs> like we're about to get a mouthful of gruffalo, and you've got Mansfield Park there." Anyway, it just made me laugh. So I know you... all the parents going bloody hell. That Rob Beckett's daughter's not a chip <laughs> off the old block, is she? She's knocking out Jane Austen once a week. She knows they're about the gruffalo. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on, Josh. You were something. Oh no, so we were doing this uh, Zoom call. And then one of the parents was like, shall we sing a song? No. And none of the kids are going to sing the song. Suddenly it's 2.30 on a Tuesday afternoon. And I'm I'm singing fucking um, <laughs> whatever the song is. I can't remember the, uh, that Loom song. What's it ever? It's Brad Mary. Beatles <laughs> <laughs> keep on turning. <laughs> Brad. Imagine that. Like an absolute belter. This is me. Come on, kids. Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush is ambitious. <laughs> um. No, so it's 2 in the afternoon, 2.30 in the afternoon, and there's just 20 sets of parents, no kids, just singing uh, Wind the Bobbin Up together. That's oh, what the song was. God. And you're just like, this isn't living. That was like week one of lockdown. <laughs> I can't do this for three months. Yeah. There hasn't been a follow-up Zoom call. No, I think that's the right decision, to be honest. But um, anyway, I'll talk about the uh, very stressful week. Oh, yeah. We had. We're not stressful, but it's quite a big week, isn't it? You're going to primary school and stuff. But anyway, we'll talk about that on Friday. Look forward to it. Look forward to it. Now, 
Uh, on Friday's episode, we will, we've got some great emails in. We've got uh, Rob. Uh, there's got someone who uh, needs your help in what would Rob Beckett do. Always. We've got uh, we've got a milk tray moment. And uh, we've also, um, making me feel better, we've got someone who left their child in the house without realising it. So I'll look forward to reading you that. Oh, lovely. Yes, please. Can also, can I put a call out for anyone that's had their work meeting interrupted by their child yes. and how it went? Because I've been obsessed with those videos online of like BBC news interviews and Sky yeah. news interviews. I've they're on my uh, Twitter. I've retweeted them. So if it, if a kid's interrupted a serious work chat, because I know someone was making one of my friend's wives was making someone redundant, and their kid walked in <gasps> asking for biscuits. Oh my god! What <laughs> oh the god. Her, her kid or the the redundant the person who's being no made no no the per, no the, the the person making the person redundant. Oh. Her kid walked in whilst she was making something. Because if it was the person who was being made redundant and then their kid came in asking for biscuits, like, oh, Ol- like Oliver. Not anymore. <laughs> Thanks for this guy. Yeah, for the next three months. Statutory. <laughs> Josh, um, who have we got this week? This week, he's got a very different approach to parenting. Rob, <laughs> how would you describe <laughs> it? Sounded like, you sounded so unfortunate. Like, <laughs> our guest this week is Fred West. <laughs> No, well, yeah, Russell Kane, I would say, is one of the, the nicest, most kind-hearted people I've ever met. Always looked after me at the start of comedy. I did his warm-up support and stuff like that. However, is an, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a maniac. He loves comedy. He loves gigging. He's got so much energy. He's hugely intelligent. He researches everything he does, and he approaches everything with a distinctive plan of action. And fatherhood is no different to the rest of his life. And he has got very meticulous ways in which he parents, which sound very effective, but I don't think everyone would be keen on it. And it's incredible listening. Enjoy Russell Kane. Russell Kane, how are you? Oh, do you want the lying version or the true version? True. The true. The true for us. The true. Well, it's like uh, Mo Farah has been put in a, a box. I, I've got so much energy. I'm used to just running around doing these long shows at high energy, going to the gym, uh, doing podcasts. It's just my days are normally full and now they're empty. And I've got like twitchy legs when I'm trying to fall asleep. I can't. It's an absolute frigging nightmare. I've had to get an exercise bike just to milk off the excess. <laughs> you, you are one of the, the most energetic and just like busy people I've ever met in comedy. And you're always doing something. And even if you're not like booked on something, you're inventing a new way to sort of do like with your Facebook rants or podcasts. You're always doing about a million things. So has it really stressed you out? Like the There's a bit of fu- FOMO going on. Every year I tell myself, this is my peak creative year. Finally, I have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> this is the year where I write the best stand-up oh, I will ever write. And of course, now in my head is I'm, I'm sort of taking a year's holiday when I'm sort of, if I was a boxer, 3% body fat and full of testosterone. Do you know what? I'm going to go across the cells old for a year. That's yeah. what I feel like. So it is really, that is doing my head in. that bit. So I feel sorry for my manager because he gets called every day. Think of this, screenplay. And then it, comes <laughs> and it just hangs up before I finish the bit. <laughs> How are you? Um, how are your family dealing with that? Are you good to live with, or is it a nightmare yeah, well, for them? I'm, I'm, I am fortunate out of most of the stand-ups I know in that before this horrific um, COVID, or if you're posh, COVID nineteen thing started, I was already doing these uh, blogs called Canings. The reason I did those was if I wasn't doing anything that was topical that week, I was able to jump in first and get the best jokes before Friday came around and if I got news for you came on, for example, I would you would have done the best Dominic Cumming jokes that I could think of. Yeah. They couldn't be stolen in advance. So lucky for me, 
I've already learned the slightly weird timing of performing to a camera and imagining where the laugh is. And I've learned it by afterwards going through the comments and working out where it's sort of like a pause, but it's not a real pause. So I sort of know, I know the timing already. Yeah. So I've just poured my energy into doing a load more of that. So for me, I've, I've, I've had places to stick that energy. So it hasn't, hadn't impeded too much on Lindsay and Minna's life. Not that they're still alive. They're two skeletons in the conservatory. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> yep. So you're set up, Russ. You're, you live up, you're up north now in Manchester, aren't you? Is that right? Yep. So it's your wife, you, your wife, Lindsay, and then your daughter, Minna. Yeah. And how old's Minna now? Four. Good age. Horrible, isn't it? No, it's the worst. worst. Oh, mate, it's the worst. If there was a statue of Minna in the garden, I'd be tearing it down due to a fascist. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's straight, you tell me stories about Minna, like where she always went to bed at the right times, a very structured schedule, and she was a good sleeper and stuff like that. And then you tell me stories about like on trains, she'd just strip off naked and there's nothing you could do. Yeah. And, and so what, what kind of child is she? Like, what, how, how, how is it? I always say to people, even a serial killer is peaceful when they're asleep, right? <laughs> you could walk into Ted Mundy's bedroom at 3am and go, what's the fuss about? But you wouldn't want to be there at 8am when you woke up. <laughs> <laughs> so I have... And it's particularly men that love to hear about this. Uh, I, I, I've i nailed sleep. And I say I, even though Lindsay and I did it together, I, I was sort of the, the the one that came up with the plan who, who, who said what we we're going to do, what we do to get our daughter to sleep through the night. So I, I, will, I will admit we've got sleep. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but blokes do. They like to perv in on my full night's sleep and hear how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> This is not normally goes silent. It's like, oh, just tell me again, Russ. Just tell me yeah. again about your umbrella. Oh, what was that? <laughs> Eight hours for three weeks straight. Stop tell it. Stop it. it. More slowly, would you? And, uh, so I'll tell you how I achieved that in a minute because uh, like, men love to hear I did it using nerdy charts. But it's when it's when the eyes flick open. That is when the hell begins. <laughs> but that sort of also proves that that also proves that regardless of the temperament of your child, whether you've got one of the laid back ones dribbling on its bricks as it amuses itself, or whether you've got a holy water sizzling on the forehead bastard like I have. <laughs> yeah. I do I do truly believe if you want to, and there's no reason why you have to, there's no pressure to get your child through the night, but if it's something you both desperately want as a couple, it can be achieved. What was your what was your method, Russell? The benefit I've got is I'm the last one out of all my friends to have kids, right? Wow. So um, the downside is I'm going to be on a ventilator when she's on sports day. The, the plus... <laughs> oh, 100 metres, go on, you can run every day. Do you remember the war? Yeah. And, uh, no, and the, but the plus side is um, I was able to watch all my groups of friends and what went wrong most often, apart from all the usual childhood illnesses, was arguments about sleep, kids in the bed, sex life going down the drain, relationship going down the drain where the child's on, on the throne ruling the house as soon as it was born. So I, I I was thinking to myself, do you know what? I don't want that to happen to me. Plus my mum was a childminder and a nanny, so she's a bit like badass with routine and sleep. So I just, I, me and Lindsay were like bobbing around in the pool on one of those uh, all-inclusive holidays and we're like, should we, should we go for it? Should we, should, we, should, we, should we start training for a baby? And I was like, before we do, before that Marvelon pill packet goes in the bin, we are going to be in agreement on sleep. And that's the mistake <laughs> most couples make. They just once they've got a screaming satanic object in front of them, that's when should we have the chat now? The time to have the chat is before fertilization. <laughs> <laughs> you need to agree about sleep in advance. It's really, really important. It doesn't matter if you both want to be bed sharing hippies, baby hanging off the boob, boob and all that, and you're both in the bed together and you don't you're gonna do attachment and go be up all night and be baby led. That's fine. 
No judgment from me and you shouldn't be judged by anyone. The problem is when you've got one person on one method and one on the other. If you've got, you know, a mum saying, I do want the baby hanging off my boob while our marriage dies and you wank in the spare room. That's an issue. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been listening in to my house? (laughs) No, but it, it, like because I always think every, everyone's like putting pressure on women. Oh, breast is best. You need to do attachment. No, what's best is a really buzzingly happy, mentally stable household where the children are being raised in a positive environment. If that means slamming formula into its mouth on day one, so be it. Yeah. Do you? Um. I mean, obviously, the you need to decide this before you get pregnant is of use to about two percent of our listeners. Yeah. So. It should be a filter on Tinder. <laughs> oh, should you? <laughs> Early doors, isn't it? But to be fair, Russ, for the people listening, what age was Amina sleeping through the night? So we did eight hours by eight weeks and 12 hours at 12 weeks. They were my targets. Oh, they were your targets? Oh, oh, oh. oh God, yeah. it's like the Wolf of Wall Street. I love it. <laughs> eight hours at eight weeks and 12 hours at 12 weeks. Tell us how. A little bit, little bit of baby trivia, which anyone now who's had a kid will know, but maybe never realised it before. Most babies are born chronologically speaking like daytime nighttime speaking back to front so you anyone who's been uh, lived with a pregnant woman will know baby doesn't do much all day sit down 8 p.m watch a bit of britain's got talent or whatever baby starts kicking yeah like every time and then kicks her all through the night i've had a rubbish night's sleep and then it sleeps all day the reason for this is as far as the stuff i've read is um Course, course, when you're walking around all day, if you if a woman's pregnant, she's rocking the baby effectively, and when she's laying down, the baby's not being rocked, and babies fall asleep when they're rocked, right? So they think that's why so many babies are born awake at night, asleep during that. And where you're so knackered, you just follow that pattern, and you end up two, three, four, five years of screaming baby all night, <laughs> asleep all day. So contrary to what some people think about being some sort of sleep fascist and forcing a baby to sleep through the night, it's quite the opposite. My, you know, my daughter was never allowed to cry or self-soothe or any of that nonsense that people hear. We just worked initially when she was tight, once she'd regained her birth weight, towards keeping her awake during the day, which is much, much easier. So you're just stretching. We're talking about when they're really tiny, just like a game on the kick mat, a mobile, and inviting the nanas over when they're due for a, their scheduled nap. So babies need 16 hours sleep. Babies mm. need 16 hours sleep. So why wouldn't you squeeze 10, 12 hours of that sleep into a night time and have the four hours naps throughout the day? So whenever she was due for a nap, that's when I'd let my mum in, start rocking her. So she falls asleep, fine. Otherwise, I'd be getting like a vein in the side of my schedule yeah. head going in. You should be awake by now, So mom. it's not about getting them to sleep. It's about keeping them up. Indeed, initially. Oh. And, then, and then what you'll see is you can gradually stretch the periods at, at night and people are like, you should never wake a sleeping baby. You should never fuck off out my house. Because <laughs> what I would do is if Mina was due for, I don't remember what the timings are now because it seems like a lifetime ago. But say she's supposed to have 90 minutes a morning nap from 10 to 11.30. 11.31, I'm unswaddling that child. <laughs> Getting her ready, fed on time, awake on the kick mat. We were using like a cold flannel on her feet, anything to keep her uh, stimulated and awake. Now, friends were like, that'll never work. You <laughs> that, that Japanese prisoner of war torture. Have you thought about working in Guantanamo Bay, Russell? <laughs> 
Sometimes I just scream in her face. <laughs> just play loud heavy metal for six hours. <laughs> it was it was all done with, with like games. I know, I'm uninvested. But we but it was our friends, every single one across the world. Why weren't they supposed to get up at four? You should be on pool nub at four AM. Play the game. And that's the other bollocks that winds me up is that babies wake at four AM five AM, there's nothing you can do. It's absolute dog shit. If you get on a plane to Australia, your baby doesn't magically know that sunrise has changed. It's, it's because people's definition of what they call a blackout curtain is pathetic. <laughs> it, it winds me up. People are like, I've got the blackout, just like it said. And you go in and you're like, you could kill a vampire within seconds in that room <laughs> at 6am. You shouldn't be able to walk across a blacked out room at midday. Like It should look like in Spanish and Italian people do proper uh, blackout shutters and stuff. That's yeah. what we did. So it's just, instead of doing a 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. date, what use is that to a stand-up? Because I want to be involved as a dad. I said to Lindsay, let's do nine till nine till she goes to school. Then we get a bit of an evening and we and we get a lay-in as well. So that's what my daughter sleeps. She sleeps from 9, 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. Blimey. It's amazing that in this we've discovered that you can't sleep, but your daughter can, Russell, during the coronavirus. Well, Have I you thought sleep. about training yourself? <laughs> no, I, can't. I, I, I am more of the... Uh, so one of the surprising things about me, I'm more like the sort of puppy that runs around the park and then you just look across and I'm asleep in my basket. Twenty minutes. <laughs> I've, always, I've always been a brilliant sleeper because I, I, I sort of uh, leave it all on the stage or in the office or on the phone call or whatever. I, I, I am quite good at relaxing at night, weirdly. You're so well read with stuff like that. I know you, I know you always do your research or whatever it is you're doing. So it's the same with kids and stuff. Um, is there any like books you recommend? And also, is, is there any bit of parenting where you've gone, oh, no, I had a howler with that. that that's not worked out, you know? There's things that sort of you've messed up. Well, the two points there. The first thing is, as as you'll know, anyone that's got children, it changes from, from, from generation to generation. So when my mum was in... Um, Gave birth to me, for example, back in the cholera epidemic of 1918. <laughs> when my mum gave birth to me, she um, was told, you know, routine, read as much as you can. This is the most important thing that will ever happen to you. But if you have a baby now, you are literally try, like radicalised by the maternity nurses. Don't read anything. Let the baby, yeah. let, baby will tell you. What, what are the bollocks? <laughs> it's like a milk slug with no brain. Uh, what's it going to tell me? It can drink milk and shit itself. It ain't going to teach me anything. Everything else I've done, everything I've done in my entire life, and the same for anyone else, has been enhanced by study and preparation. There is virtually nothing that is not enhanced by even even when you get married, and it's the most romantic thing. But every single thing is studied and planned about the schedule. And um, so, why would I this the which is the most important thing or well, second after stand-up. You'll, you'll do, <laughs> have it right. Yeah, you know, why would you not educate yourself? Don't educate yourself. Educate yourself less. Take knowledge out of your head. Just roll the baby. <laughs> roll the baby through a corona tub and see what happens. No, I'm going to fucking learn my shit. Um, so that's the first thing is don't, don't be bullied into not reading because unbelievably that is the culture of your both your friends in your peer group, and they're good studying. It's a baby. Let baby lead you. That's the doctor, <laughs> and also the nurses. And then, and then, whatever you feel as a couple, go with that. There's loads of attack. If you're into attachment parenting, and the evidence is split, no, none of what, not one thing is best for the child than the other. What's best is a happy household. So, if you're into attachment parenting, go and read everything to do with bed sharing, attachment parenting. Go, you go for it. If you want to be more on a schedule like me, there's loads of books to read. Baby Whisperer, I would recommend. Uh, 
uh, can't remember what the author's name is on the Baby Whisperer, but Gina Ford's Good Contented Baby Handbook. She provides a military do this. Wake up, have your glass of water at 7am. Proceed to the nursery and wake the baby. Now, some people find that patronising. To me, that was like intellectual porn. I was like in, <laughs> u- I was like in uniform doing like a circuit of the building before. Like- <laughs> oh, but have you had any howlers, any, any fails with it, uh, Russ, where things have just haven't clicked? Well, I, I have no idea if I don't want to come off sexist or anything. I have no idea if this is because it's a. I've got a little girl. I guess it would have been the same if it'd been a boy. But I just, I am struggling with the. Uh, uh, you know, men will be like, "Get me a biscuit now, daddy," and uh, and Lindsay will be like, "Don't let us speak to you like that." And I'll be, and I'll pretend to dis to discipline. But I'm going, "Okay, darling, what type of biscuit would you like?" Like I've just. A bit grovelly and pathetic, and that is a real failure on my part. I should be like, you don't, you don't speak like that. I should be guiding her better, and I just, I'm just struggling with the um, being the bad guy. Do you think it's a comedian thing, Russell, that you want to be liked? Maybe. She's your audience, and you don't want, you don't want to disappoint her. I I think maybe, possibly, possibly. Um, but I've been doing it this genuinely. I mean, I don't know how bizarre and Freudian this is. It started by me saying to Minna because she's allowed to have um, the light on in the hallway and a door open as she drifts to sleep. And uh, she started to push the boundaries for the first time ever recently. So we had four years where she never even put her head out of the bedroom. And recently she was like, can I just play in the boundary here? Can I just play in the hallway? And I just told her my dad, what my dad was like, was like, it's bedtime, door closed, lights off, don't fuck me. I didn't swear. And uh, she, <laughs> I now sort of do, she's like, what would your daddy do if I was doing this? And then I do an impression of Dave Kane and it sort of sorts it out. <laughs> so I, just turn, I turn into my dad when I need to get anything done. So your dad's now doing the difficult part of the parenting. That's a, that's a, of all the techniques you've got, using your dad from beyond the grave. I do like a poltergeist. <laughs> Um, and how did you get her to stop? Because um, one of my daughters just takes her clothes off at any opportunity. If you don't watch her for long enough, just sort of strips off. And, and your daughters, you said, did that on the train. Like, Is that still happening yeah, or still, did you manage to stop well, that? I mean, like everyone. She gets hot, doesn't she? Really hot, you said. May last night, woke up at 2am, dripping in sweat. My daughter has aircon fitted into her bedroom. I know it's a bit extravagant. On 16 degrees Celsius every night, blasting onto her face. 2am last night, dripping in sweat. Dripping. Was she? You know, like the aircon's got like the spinny vent thing on it to make it less severe. We had to take that off last night. She's exactly the same as me, just born hot. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the same. I've got an aircon unit in my room. Poor Lindsay. Lindsay has to, she's got a heated blanket on her side of the bed. My missus. (laughs) You know that you're trying to keep a kitten alive at the vets? She sleeps. Wow. The temperature situation. So it's actually just hot when she's out and about, so she'll take stuff off and that on the train. Yeah, so the naked the nakedness, she's still naked. So like we've got and she's tall, my daughter as well. So though she's four, she, she could pass for five and a half, six. It's not like it's not it's starting to get a bit inappropriate to be totally stark as in the front garden. Do you know what I mean? I think on holiday on a hot beach people wouldn't mind. But as soon as the like the yodel guy turns up, she's out there doing clap the NHS. And it'll be like Tuesday at three PM, naked clapping for the NHS. <laughs> and uh, it is worrying that my daughter's an attention junkie and likes to dance and be naked. I mean, I keep having like a flash forward of her on a pole going, "Pino, don't dance," and it's terrifying. <laughs> uh, but she just won't wear clothes. She just and I'm like, please, just just underwear would be a start. Do you know what I mean? Just some underwear. And you have a lot of explicit yoga stretching in the background of a Zoom call. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. She just she just will not be impeded by clothing. She wears if we go out for walks and stuff, she will. But on a train, if I get the I'm hurt, I feel hurt. I know we're in trouble. I know we're not normal, me and Minna, because we we'll go out. I don't know, and it'll be February, and we're both walking down the high street, t-shirt, jeans, and the other children. You know, they've got like the Parkers with the fairy hoods, and I'm getting looks from parents. But I cannot get a coat on her. I've got a coat with me, but it'll be under the buggy. And my coat will start on, and then I'll start dripping in sweat. So we're just like these two freaks with T-shirts on dripping in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> We'd look like we had COVID-19 now. <laughs> We'd be abducted by the Chinese government if we went out there. <laughs> You're one of the kind of, I'd say, the most well-read people I've, I know. You read a lot, and you do a lot of audiobooks and stuff. Is your daughter following in your footsteps with that kind of stuff? She has inherited the audiobook bug from me. So until this mess started, we had a no-screens-in-the-week rule. So you were allowed, oh, film, wow. we had, you were allowed films at the weekend. The, and the reason I do films, again, I don't push this on anyone else. It's my own personal choice. Is It's just my, a theory I've got, and there's a little bit of evidence out there that if... If we all watch a film, it's longer scenes. You've got to follow a story from beginning to end. It's, you've got to use your concentration. Whereas if it's an iPad game or really quick cartoons, it's a bit more, oh, you've done one thing, let's move on to something else. It's not really training the concentration as well. Mm. Of yeah. course, that's all, that's that... all gone to shit now. I'm feeding it <laughs> in the mouth, Mr. Tumble in the eyes. <laughs> When we're doing the daily walks, which is just me and Minna, while Lindsay cries in relief that we're both out of the house for an hour. <laughs> like we, we never do our family walk together. It's just Lindsay kicking us out the door. Fuck <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we, Lin, Minna has an iPad, but she's got earphones plugged in and closed, and she'll have um, an audio book on. If you can get kids hooked on audio books, you feel less guilty as a parent because they, they still see it as high value because they're holding the forbidden iPad. And they can even look yeah. at the steel square of... Um, whatever book it is they're uh, they're reading but um they've got the earphones and you feel like they're having a literary positive experience but they feel like they're having an ipad experience and everyone wins yeah. and audible have got some like all the julia donaldson ones and i don't know if any of you lot read those stick man yeah, yeah like and they really they really go to town and read it slowly so it takes about like 28 minutes to get through gruff <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like on 0.5 speed exactly <laughs> russ has there been any like ideas about parenting or like you know tactics and strategies you wanted to use that Lindsay has said no i don't i think that's too much or i don't agree with that where obviously uh, i think you, you're the ones bringing these ideas in is that, is that fair no, or no, is it Lindsay say, as well? I would say it's more the other way around. Lindsay will be the more strict, hardcore one. Oh, and okay. then I'll, I'll be the, I'll be the, she, in fact, she's like, why are you being such a pussy hole? And I said more <laughs> than that. She just spoke to you like shite in there. Do you want to go back in and correct her? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> so it's more like that. The, the one, st the strategy that I did, uh, that I brought in that Lindsay was sceptical about at first, but that has proved that I've proved because she's a bit, quite rightly a bit more, you know, she just doesn't won't be spoken to like shite by a four year old. And that is, that is right. Of course it is. And I realize I'm a bit wrapped around the finger, but I read a really brilliant book. Forgive me. I've not listened to all the, all of your episodes. So someone may have recommended it already called Philippa Perry, the book you wish your oh, yeah, parents yeah, yeah. read. Yeah. Oh yeah. My wife's read that. Game changer. And what it is, right in the heat of the moment when the child is being absolutely <clears throat> vile and has just thrown a drink across your, your laptop or, or does something really bad, 
if instead of like letting your anger unleash, which I'm weirdly good at, funnily enough, for a highly strong person, I'm quite good at staying calm, is the first thing to do is identify with why they might be frustrated to acknowledge their feeling. Now, when I told this to Lindsay, she's like, fuck off, my laptop's fucked, fuck off. And, um, and I'm like, no. Did you identify with Lindsay's feelings at that no, point? No, yes, I did. Well, you can on <laughs> adults. It works really well in debates when you go, I understand why you're angry about the Winston Churchill statue, for example. I totally get where you're coming from. If I seen it from your point of view, I would feel X, Y, Z. So you, you're in a non-patronising way. Uh, mm. validating the emotions that that person has. The problem is, you use that phrase, it's having this effect on me, Mina. You know, when you speak to me like that, it hurts my feelings. I, I feel bad afterwards. So initially, we both felt a bit silly and American doing this method. It feels a bit like yeah. into an American stuff, like that, but it, re- it totally takes the sting out of the child's anger. But I do need to work, Lindsay is, in, is right, I do need to work on being a little bit tougher when she's being rude to me and then when she's being naughty, I, I'm a bit soft. How much does your parenting differ from the parenting that you received as a child, Russell? Massively. Not so much from my, from what my mum did, but from my from my dad. As my dad used to constantly tell me, oh, I didn't have a dad. So oh, you, I didn't even have a dad. And I used to whisper, you lucky fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, all my friends, because I come from a council area, so mostly single parents, my, my friends, or divorced parents, or dysfunctional marriages. So I was one of the few that had a mum and a dad and a house. Very rare where I come from. And uh, everyone used to tell me how lucky I was, but they seem to always seem to be happier than me, always. <laughs> <laughs> my, dad, my dad was not physically abusive at all. And he, in fact, he wasn't abusive at all on any level. He was accidentally just very negative and invalidating. So I've, I've put it all down and I've, I've recently released like it's not so much a memoir, but a sort of a, it's called Son of a Silverback. It's a book all about my dad yeah. growing up as a son of my dad. And I stop it before I start stand up. So there's no there's no I went on stage and I felt like this. There's none of that. In there. <laughs> <laughs> so I just uh, I try not to like my, my classic example of my old man was I would go for a cycle on my bike and I would have cycled 10 miles in the day and I'd be I'd be about like. That 14 years old, so proud of myself. And my old man would go, oh, I used to cycle 30 a day to work. Fucking hell. And I just walk out of the room. <laughs> if we were going on holiday, the traffic would be shit. He would know in advance the hotel's going to be shit. I reckon the food will be shit. The whole thing will be a rip-off. So I, I try to work on not putting that negativity in because I think I'm very lucky. It didn't affect, you know, it turned me into the opposite. It made me resilient, but it could have had another effect on me. So I'm, mm. I'm careful to put that negativity in. Do you think you'll have more kids, Russell? You'll stick no. in one? No, no, fuck it. Absolutely no. <laughs> no chance whatsoever. No. And because Mina's four, we're getting the older, you're going to feel different. You'll feel different in a couple of years. We have to hear that from everybody. You're going to feel different. My eldest was six. and We never thought. But honestly, if I, even a twinge, I'll smash my bollocks off with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never have another child. One's one's enough. I've, Minna has twins in one brain. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> how many oh, of you? How many is everyone? Josh, how many have you got? I've got one, so she's two and a half. That's heaven, isn't it? One. Are you are you gonna have more? Uh, I think possibly. Yeah. I mean, um, I think the thing with it Rob, is help him, Rob. Help him. No, I, I like having. <laughs> no, I like having two. I think three is. Have you got a gun to your head, Rob? <laughs> no, I love it. I do. <laughs> Your missus there going, tell him how you like having two. (laughs) 
No, genuinely, it is, it is hell for like 18 months. But once it gets 18 months, it's so much easier because they've got a mate in the house. So I would say it is horrendous for that first 18 months. But once you get over that and they can play together, it's a godsend because they're not on you for attention and games. They've got each other to play with. Do you find with one, Russell? Because I, I kind of think the is that everything you do, you go, well, once we get through this, that's it. I don't have to do it again. With Once I've done the sleep thing, yeah. once yeah. I've done the nappy thing, that's yeah. it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never got to take that on again. That must be quite a kind of freeing thing. So you go, this phase, I've got to deal with it once in my life. It's freeing, but then you realise how much people have been lying to you. Because I remember when the baby was born, it was like, this is the hardest bit. Once they get, once they can sit up, it's going to be fine. And then, <laughs> and then the fucker sits up and goes, here's Johnny. And then it's like, you're like, oh no. So there's just another hill. And you realise it's like that horrific programme SAS challenge. There is always another hill. Yeah, like it's you just get to the top of the peak. It's like some horrific Greek myth, and there is another peak. Yeah, as soon as they get to school, it's going to be fine, is it? Well, I'll find out soon. So yeah, nappy training and potty training and sleep was bad, but there's always another hill to overcome. So far as the specific question of would I like to retackle them, I think if a newborn was teleported here and we had no choice, I would feel more confident because of the way I've tackled it. I'm not as I, I'm really careful not to judge baby led people. In fact, I'm jealous that they're they're so relaxed that they can let Bibi lead the way and all <laughs> together with soy milk. I'm 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 jealous, but because I have approached it in a structured knowledge led way, I would like to think I would find it much, even easier the second time. Potty training. I think there's a, a real fear the first time that you're going to you know you're worried you're going to break it or do whatever. But I think the second time, presumably. You're a bit, you just must be so much more confident with the child because you've, you've done it before and you didn't kill them. What's that? Yeah, yeah, you are, you are more, you're more just more relaxed. You're not so like, oh my God, and like it, nothing escalates as quick as it normally would. Where like when they, yeah. the first one costs, like, oh my God, let's go to hospital now. And then the second <laughs> one, you're like, I'll be all right. Let's give it, let him, let, let it sleep for a bit. Let's see, let's see what happens. Do you do the thing where every single noise you think, they're dying, it's dead. They're dying, it's <laughs> yeah. Dead. And the, the watching them breathe for well, the first one, I remember just kept, Sneaking in to see their chest gun. Is it breathing? Yeah, she's breathing. Like, but like checking every like hour. <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> horrible. But anyway. Because oh, of, God. When, when you when you when you're not a parent and all your mates are telling you what it's like, they don't have to lie, don't they? So they're like, <laughs> uh, they're like, oh, you're gonna get it home, and you just sit there and you stare at it together. And you go, oh my God, I've never felt such love and completion. Is it? Will it be the next prime minister, an astronaut, <laughs> a physicist? Uh, you know, what is this baby going to be? And you think you're going to have all these, but whereas the reality is you just <laughs> sit there going, it's dead, it's dead, it's dead it's be eaten by a dog. It's going to fall off, I'll get the blame, I'll go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so horrible. It, is, it does, yeah, when they're little like that, it's everything's so charged. It's awful. The other thing about having two, Josh, I would just, I would just yeah. say, I don't, I don't know anything about your child, but there were the... the benefit of having the type of baby i've had first is it inoculates you against the desire for a second one (laughs) if if you're unlucky enough to have a such a well-behaved relaxed baby first you are tricked by nature into bringing the omen into the house the second one I, I think I'm lucky in that sense because she is intense. Like she's yeah, a, yeah. she's at nursery, they'll they'll go. She's a big character, isn't she? And you know, <laughs> you know what they mean. Full of energy. <laughs> yeah, she's full of energy. Subtitles on that, would you? <laughs>
Russell Kane. Um, I'm going to say it. Where do we start? Wow. I mean, he's, Russell is one of the most intelligent people I've, I've ever met and also one of the kindest and most generous. So, like, this, he, sometimes when he talks about, like, his schedule for his kid and stuff, it is, it's all coming out of a place of love and, 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 yeah. and support. And he's a, such a lovely man and a good family man. But, like, it's so, like, I could never stick to that kind of regime. I'd be, I'd break it all the time. I know this isn't the bit that, you know, would jump out. The 12 hours that he's decided to choose mm. from 9pm till 9am are definitely not the 12 hours I would choose for my baby's sleep. Oh, what do you choose? I definitely have her going to sleep earlier. Because what time do your children go to bed? Like my, my daughter probably, we'd probably leave her at about 7.30. And then you get an evening, but Russell's not really getting an evening. Well, no, but he's because he works. I think because he, he was saying he gets home late, but then right, I see. I, I don't know, so he can see her before bed. But the, I, I, he did say actually, we didn't actually get it on the show. But his blackout curtains technique yes. is three layers of blackout. So you put like a sheet on the window and then two blinds. That's intense. My, my question with that, I should have asked this: is does that not pose problems if you go anywhere else, or is he packing three layers of blinds when he's, he's going packing, to the hotel? He's packing three layers of blinds. He definitely would take blinds. I know him. I went on tour of him. He would take blinds a hundred percent and wear a sleep mask. But I have always slept better on holiday in places like Spain when they do have those metal shutters. So I do think that a blackout blind does make you sleep better. I, yes. I don't think that is that is in doubt, and I don't know why we don't do it more. So maybe he's onto something. Are you a good sleeper? We've never actually discussed whether we're good sleepers ourselves. Are you good at sleeping, Rob? <laughs> I mean, what a question. Am I good at it? I don't think I could go pro, but, I, you know, I can, <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon, I can hold my own. Um, I can sleep anywhere, like yeah. if on a plane, or if you just if you leave me alone for long enough, I'm not working, I can nod off. But I've not been sleeping that well in lockdown, but it is difficult because you're not being out to get as tired going out of place and stuff but I think the worst feeling in the world is well not the worst feeling in the world obviously there's terrible feelings but that feeling when your child has gone to sleep in the early days and then you can't get to sleep yourself and the pressure you're putting on yourself to get to oh, sleep that's awful. I used to really struggle when Lou went away for the night and I was in with because I am such a deep sleeper so I never wake up in the night because I'm such a deep sleeper I was so worried about like not hearing them cry out, I just stay awake all night. What? So you were worried you'd sleep through their cry? Have you got? You've got. Yeah. A, you've got a thingy alarm, though, haven't you? Uh, yeah, but um... I, I'm such a deep. Once I've gone, Josh, I've gone. <laughs> like, and like, so that's why Lou gets annoyed with me because she always gets up with him in the night because I don't hear it. So by the time she wakes me up and kicks me, they've gone from a bit disturbed to like full crying and awake. So she just does it before I wake up. So I've got better now. But when I was like a bit more nervous with my first one, when she was like three, four months old, I just couldn't sleep. And what do you think about Russell reading a, a lot of books? It makes me feel bad that I haven't really read any of the books. Yeah, but uh, but Lou has, so I feel like that's her vibe. And I, you know, if she reads all the books and I read none, we're sort of a good middle ground, don't we? <laughs> you know, like especially I live in South East London. About the time you hear someone shout at their like three year old, "Stop being a little shit!" I mean, what kind of feedback's that? <laughs> what are you? Stop being a shit! Stop being a, like, come here now! Stop being a little shit in front of mummy. You like that? He's not learning. What, what he's done there. <laughs> You're just screaming, stop being a little shit. So, yeah, like that. And I try and get them to breathe when they're getting all worked up to do like, yeah. like sort of mindfulness breathing. And that helps and calms oh, them down a bit. Clever. And they some, I sometimes see them doing that, like on their own when they're getting worked up. Yeah. I say, just breathe and just sort of, just slowing down the emotion, as it, as it were. I, I think that's the, like, Russell's talk about that book, the Philippa Perry one, which uh, my wife has read, which is... Yes, that she's read that. That's really, uh, really changed things, is that tip of... Um, 
when they're angry, you've, you've got to understand where they're coming from and they don't want to be angry and they're struggling through this and it's, you know, and you've got to kind of make them understand what the situation is rather than just go in at them and try and kind of stop them identifying with that anger in a way. Do you know what I mean? They need to work yeah. it through. And I, I try and put myself in their shoes as well, where I remember when I was a kid and you'd set something up like that and your mum goes, I'll tie that up, with, put that away, whatever. And you're like, in your head, though, as a child's imagination, you've created this little world of figures yeah. and toy and play. And if someone, if someone just like a giant comes and just smashes it all apart, but like you just, and, and I try and remember not to just bulldoze them with sort of like, I'm in charge, just do that, sort of yeah. bring them along with me. You know what I mean? Because I remember how angry I'd get. Get them on side. I'm not a sergeant major. I've got to, I've got to deal with that. Yeah, you're an arm around the shoulder manager. Exactly. Exactly. I like to see myself as Jurgen Klopp. That's how I like to see yeah. myself. Children are like Gascoigne. They're unpredictable. <laughs> they can ruin the day, but they can also bring magic out of nowhere. Exactly. But they need to be managed and keep them off the booze. <laughs> Lou read that in a book, didn't she? And she told you. Yeah, that's what Philippa Perry bangs on about. <laughs> Keep them off the whiskey and they'll be all right. Um, thank you to Russell. Uh, genuinely, um, I'm going to say it. That is the most different from all the other interviews that we've done. I mean, that compared to the Daisy May Cooper episode. <laughs> well, you should say to Russ, what would you do if your daughter put a Union Jack flag in a shit she did in your shed? <laughs> what would Russell Kane do? <laughs> that would be... I don't know if that, I don't know if he'd be flicking through his books and there'd be yeah. no reference to what to do with the Union Jack and his shit. Yeah. <laughs> they would just consult the books. <laughs> There's 30 books. None of them have mentioned yeah. this. Um, blackout blind, so she can't find the area to shit. Just, <laughs> make it too dark. Um, thank you, everyone. If you want to get in touch, uh, this is how. Email us hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk. Or we're on Twitter at Lockdown Parents. Um, we always appreciate your five star reviews or uh, subscribe on iTunes. That's it, so really. Tell isn't your it? friends about it. Tell your also, friends about it. If you've got someone it. who's a bit of a, a luddite, just grab their phone and subscribe to it for us. Exactly. You know I mean, they won't, they won't even know that it's getting downloaded until they run out of storage, and then you can delete them. But that all helps us out. Exactly. Just do that. It's like that U two album on iTunes. Yeah, That's yeah, what we just want. sneak in. Sneak into the library. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.